Welcome to this episode of the Magnificent Whiskers Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Remy, and I just wanted to say thank you for stopping by. In this episode, we're going to be talking with uh, the host of the Out of the Blank Podcast, Robbie, and I actually had the privilege of being on his show uh, a little while before this. You'll happen to notice a little bit of time discrepancy, um, so you're seeing a little bit behind the curtain with some of the uh, time frames that we're discussing here in the episode versus uh, when you're actually hearing it. Uh, That said, I just wanted to say once again, thank you for stopping by. Hey, if you wouldn't mind hitting the like or subscribe button, maybe leaving us a comment on the iTunes, share this show with a friend if you really like it. We would super appreciate that. And so on that note, please enjoy this episode of Magnificent Whiskers. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Magnificent Whiskers podcast. I know I haven't seen to say this pretty often, but boy, am I excited about the guests that we have on here today. Uh, so once again, my name is Remy. I'm here with Colby. Hello. There he is. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself for us? Hi, I'm uh, Robbie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Robbie. Again. <laughs> Uh, I've been really stoked to get you on this show ever since uh, you invited me to your podcast, the Out of the Blank podcast. Um, it was really fun getting to connect with you just kind of over social media and then sitting down and having a conversation with you. Uh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. I wanted to do it again. So here we are. Sweet. I got expectations to let down. I'm happy. I, yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it's how we roll. Listen, it looks like I saw today you're up to 246 episodes. Seven. 247 that are posted. Yes. And if I remember anything about the way that we talked previously, you've got one hell of a backlog too, don't you? Yeah, I got a, I'm, it, it, today's probably going to be a two episode post day too, sadly. Oh, sadly. <laughs> yeah. I got so many people like, bro, we were on in October. When mm-hmm. are we getting up there? I'm like, oh, yeah the turnaround time no but that's good man i i I gotta be honest with you i personally uh aspire to have a backlog like that for this show and for my other podcast because it's just like you know you you have those those times especially coming up here late december where it's impossible to get some of that shit done oh yeah that's true a lot of people are like can we schedule it after the holidays or how about we do new year's eve that's like the everyone's like let's do new year's eve because it's a terrible day i'm just gonna end up staying inside i don't want to drink and i'm like i just slightly message them like my birthday's new year's eve yeah and then they feel they feel completely bad but honestly it's like for me I, I i like it's not about catching up on my episodes for sure like it's just about finding one that you see titled and it might be interesting for you. And then you just click on it because you never know which episode is going to be about. I couldn't pinpoint a certain thing I said in a specific episode. It's just, it's all over the place. Fair. And I'll tell you, um, as I told you before, I actually jumped on, uh, I, I went ahead and I listened to the first episode that you ever put out and then listened to the last episode right before I recorded just to kind of see where the podcast started and where it ended up. And I just, I love that you are intentional about just inviting literally anybody and everybody on just to have those conversations. Um, I think always, I feel like always talks about poop always. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that, gets, that gets swung around somehow. Either the guest brings it up and I'm like, damn, I haven't went through one conversation where the word poop has not been brought up. And they're like, yeah. 
that's an interesting call out. Okay. I actually, it, what's, what's really funny is my buddy, um, me, the one who was on my first episode, uh, Skylar George, uh, we were, we were talking about it. He goes, man, your podcast is really taking off. I'm like, let's stop talking about the podcast. Let's just, uh, you know, like, you know, let's get, it's not that big of a deal. It's a pretty cool thing. I love it. And then he's just like, Hey, you think it's weird that we still have conversations about poop? Like we're supposed to be adults. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we really haven't changed since it started. He goes, dude, it's always okay to talk about poop. It, well, it has to be. Yeah. All right. Let's take the joking out of it for just a second. Let's stop making this a taboo conversation because if we're not paying attention to our own, uh, expilations that's not a word i just made that up if we're not paying attention to our own excrement i mean that's a that's the first indicator that something's really wrong dude that's not coming out the right way you know where i went when i ate two boxes of raisin bran and hadn't gone to the bathroom in a week i went immediately <laughs> to WebMD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst advice i can give to anybody because immediately it told me i had stomach cancer and i started looking at that sun on the box of raisin bran like two <laughs> scoops of happiness more like two <laughs> scoops of colon cancer yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that bastard son he i knew he was hiding something nobody smiles that much I guess it's what happens when you combine raisins and bran together. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, that's really, I mean, really, it's just like a war in there. Like, you got bran just binding you up, and you got raisins trying to push it through. Terrible, terrible decision. Whoever did it, total moron. Okay, what's your guy's favorite cereal then? Uh, It changes. I know mine. Okay, what's yours? uh, Frosted mini wheats. Okay, I can agree I love, with that. I love frosted mini wheats. They're it's a durable cereal, but it's also hearty and delicious. It's just it's great. I love it. Yeah, especially when you put like some like get those uh, little flakes on there a little bit wet with anything. I swear to God, yeah. it's just it, the the flavor comes out. What about you, Remy? Oh yeah, I th- uh, yeah yeah. Uh, like I said, it changes with my mood, but I think the one that I have a tendency to go back to the most is frosted flakes. Okay. It's like the same thing with frosted mini wheats with a little bit of a, that cream on it or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that powdered is. sugar is. And then, you know, it's it's just sweet enough, but then also has just enough substantial body to it that I feel like I'm not eating air. Like, I love, I love like Captain Crunch, right? Other than the fact that it's it literally assaults me every time I eat it. And I feel like maybe I chewed on glass or chewed on cereal. I can't be a hundred percent sure, but like the flavors there, but like I have trouble with things like Captain Crunch for the same reason that I have trouble with like uh, cheese poofs. Like okay. I, I'm literally, I'm, I feel like I'm eating nothing. Uh, that's, I guess, I mean, it's like eating air, I guess. Yeah. Or like cocoa pebbles yeah. or fruity pebbles. I love it as long as I'm chewing on it, but then it's like, I, did I even eat anything? <laughs> Man. Yeah. I see. I keep a supply of at least 20 boxes of cereal in my pantry. Uh, I always am buying cereal. What I do is as an adult, this is probably the best decision I have ever made. Uh, I mean, I hold this over getting my high school or not high school education, but more of my college diploma. Um, I hold it slightly under my ordained minister's license, but when it comes down to it, Serial brag. <laughs> it is. It I was a slight brag. It took me. <laughs> it took me an hour and a half of my courthouse. You're damn right. I'm bragging about that. <laughs> trying to convince the woman that the Church of Bacon's an actual thing. Jesus. <laughs> but um, that, look, that's the real accomplishment. Let's not let's not lampshade this here. Oh, when you go into my house, my college diploma isn't on the wall. It's actually in a drawer. But my ordained minister's license under the United Church of Bacon is hanging right as soon as you walk in the door. Well done. Sir, 
I ascribe to that level of bullshittery. <laughs> what what Dude, is it bullshit? It's not hang bullshit. Hang on a second. All right. Okay. You just you just threw the fucking gauntlet, Colby. You don't even know. It's now do you have his uh do you have his um what do you call it? Uh oh god, I can't even think of the word. Do you have his Instagram or something where if I send you a picture, Remy, you can send it over to him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if even if I uh Colby, you have an Instagram, don't you? theoretically yeah, yeah you don't use it like at all but i could fire it over to some version of social media with a sw- with a quick uh send, send this, one way or another send this to him real quick because he needs to know that i don't bullshit <laughs> okay, okay no i don't think i don't know he wasn't saying that your that your um uh license was no. bullshit he's no. saying that the church was oh no the church is actually it's pretty good i think it's a safeguard for atheists. Basically, it's like, all right, so oh, absolutely, I I recognize that like the Church of Bacon as an entity is a thing. Yeah, but that's just, I just, I love that idea. Uh, it, it, you haven't met me yet, but I'm, at my heart, I'm an absurdist. I I love to do things because they are absurd and because because this life is absurd and it's all fantastic. Hey, I mean, it's part of the reason I almost got arrested at my MBA for having a pasta strainer on my head and telling them I was pastafarianism. <laughs> uh so and with your permission um the picture of this license is probably going to be the thumbnail for this episode just so you're aware oh lord here we go yeah well i'm ordained so you know yeah it's it just it's about to pop the fuck off man i love it it, it took 45 dollars and an hour almost of my time trying to convince this one woman who was very very nice but she was treating me like i was suffering from some mental disability which i did not <laughs> enjoy but I had all the paperwork, so she couldn't come at me. Fair there enough. You go. Well, well, if we're being perfectly honest, not to swing this conversation in any particularly colored direction, but the way that people in America treat the mentally disabled, I can understand how if that's the way she's treating you, not to, in, in the mentally disabled and the mentally ill, specifically, Bro, if, if you were feeling that that was the way you were being treated, uh, I could see why you were f- feeling extremely uncomfortable. Ah, Remy, you know I'm a big mental health advocate. I yeah, actually, mostly when it comes to the education system. I mean, I was put into a room as a kid because they didn't really know how to diagnose ADHD properly. The easiest, simple solution was give them a pill. Yep. So they figured I was mentally challenged. It still on, fucking is. Yeah. Um, Especially I, if you're poor. I give yeah. them a I give them a lot of credit to where they go now because I do have one of uh, my teachers who uh, was very inspirational in my life who's been on my podcast um actually say the types of benefits they're doing when it comes to narrowing down things like that such as like nutritional like don't give the kid a fucking soda give him a piece of celery and a juice and maybe he won't act up when he gets back to class um but with that, it is a very slow process because, I mean, telling me, like, telling my parents he needs to be medicated, he's mentally challenged or something, and then putting me into a private room to where I'm on his podcast that I did with my buddy Jared, and um, he starts literally recalling the room I'm explaining to him and finishing and literally taking the words of the room out of my mouth, like the description to it. Wow. And he goes, he goes, you didn't know this? But they put my little brother in that room. And the guy I saw in the room when I was leaving the school was his little brother that I was describing on all these podcasts I've been talking about. And he confirmed it all. And it was crazy to hear. And I mean, the fact that you can look at someone with such disregard and especially make them go out into the parking lot and get shopping carts when it's freezing cold out. Like they can't do anything else. Are you serious? 
Mm, okay, yeah. I see. So you're saying like that that that's what their uh, that's what their only job prospects seem like they are because oh, of the way they're treated. Nobody knows how to handle them because we don't even know how to handle ourselves. That's the problem. Nobody yeah. un- wants to take the oh. time to or take the slow process to be able to deal with these. Uh, so it, wait a second. I can't totally agree with that. I don't think it's nobody. I just think that it's not enough. Because a large justification, I would say. We have, we have many, many stories that we're seeing more and more coming out of folks with Trisomy 21 who are starting their own businesses and who are fully functioning members of society. And there are many individuals. Now, granted, a lot of folks who consider themselves a success story in the mental illness, um, in the mental illness sector, if that's not community. too blasphemous to say, in the community, end up going on to like speak to other folks you know what I mean? Like as public speakers. Um, but I, I think that we've made tremendous strides, especially in comparison to where we were. But I do think that we, I will also be the first person to say that we have a long fucking way to go before those, these people are treated as equals. Well, yeah, I, can, uh, I, can, I can agree to that. And are handled appropriately because we're still over. I mean, we're still dr- dramatically stigmatizing mental illness and we're still um, even making fun of it. Yeah, and, and um, it's so so it's and, and this is a this is actually a hotly debated topic on this show. Colby and I have gone back and forth pretty hard on this. Well, let's hear let's hear the, let's hear Colby's. <clears throat> yeah, especially because say, of um, the representation I, in media. Yeah, I I com- I fully support the idea that uh, people with mental illnesses and uh, people with any kind of limited ability or uh, restricted ability have things that they can do and finding what people can do and what aid they need to do it is vital. Uh, I actually work in, um, in the mental health and mental disability field. I care for people with mental disabilities. Uh, and the, the community that we work in, there's so much of a push to give people independence uh, and one of the terms that's used is a normal life. And that includes the ability to work if someone wants to, uh, even though like for all the people that I work with, they are dis, they are considered disabled and they receive disability benefits, uh, state and federal and all that. Um, and so they have no need of work, but they want to. And, Many of them take great pride in the work that they do. And, I definitely, they I, I can mean, be, and they're very good at the work that they do. I definitely think so. Um, when it comes to the the factor of they want to live a life just like everybody else, they don't. They don't even sometimes even really know that they think differently than others. Um, yeah. I think a really good book I can recommend for you to read was one that really changed my perspective on it, called Inside Out. Coming from I read the prequel to it, which was more from the brother's perspective who had a mentally challenged, like handicapped um, brother who really just made a lot of noises and couldn't kind of, he was basically like Stephen Hawking's, but no kind of relative kind of cognizance that he was actually there. Um, everyone just thought he was a, basically like just a vegetable, just drooling yeah. all the time. And then the book comes from his perspective. So you're actually hearing this dude who's really, really smart inside a body that doesn't work. Oh, and yeah. It definitely changed my perspective on uh, mental disabilities too. Um, especially like if you've ever smoked pot, if you've ever done anything like that, it gives you a new perspective on the world. And it seems like it's the perspective of more detail and enjoyment, especially when colors look brighter and more moments are kind of being taken in. Now, this is my thought in a way, but 
when it comes to, I've spent time around people with severe mental disabilities and they always say like a random visual or something that they always point out like blue, blue, you know, like really over and over again. You're like, why is he saying it so much? And you realize he's looking past all the clouded bullshit that we see. Um, and started to enjoy colors, such as looking at the sky. He's saying blue because he's actually taking the time and noticing the detail of the sky, the things that we as people have choose to ignore because it's not, I guess, important to us anymore. They have more of a better understanding of the world, but a less better understanding of how people are. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I can dig that. Yeah. I like uh, that. I and that's detailed in this book? Oh, no, that was just my thought there, but... Oh, okay. I, I tend to like uh, think randomly. <coughs> I think that's what makes me best at improv is because I kind of I don't really try and structure anything because once you start structuring stuff, you can't do anything fun. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm totally with you. I uh, I've had a couple of conversations very recently, as as early as last night actually, um, that discuss my how much I crave chaos. Uh, despite yeah. despite being most at peace when I feel like I'm in control. So it's more about having my hand on the spigot or on the lever. I like the spigot imagery of allowing chaos in so that I can try and shut it off, even though that is so paradoxical to how chaos actually works. Um, what comes to your mind when, I say, when you say spigot? Like the thing that's attached to your sink that you turn on to allow the water to flow. What about you, Colby? I think of the uh, the spinning wheel on the outside of, of your house. Like That's what I is. think of, and then I immediately think of somebody telling me not to drink from the hose, which I like to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I am a um, I'm a lover of chaos, but paradoxically, uh, super prefer to have control over see, things. It's weird. See, I actually I like my position on this because I'm very different from the two of you. I don't like that. Um, I I like things to be not completely, but I really like regimentation and I, and I like process and order uh, because I feel like especially having enough order lets me be more free because if there's enough order that I don't have to think about certain aspects of what I'm doing, it lets me focus more on the aspects that I want to focus on. So if it, if I develop a process for the things that I don't like or that frustrate me, then I can focus on the things I do like. I like kind of doing it both. I mean, it's obviously like when you listen to my podcast now, I have a, a beginning that's a little bit structured, but it goes free tangent from there besides just introducing the person. But I used to do another podcast called Fill in the Blank, which was like doing narrowed down topics. I'd ask people that were a guest on the original, like, hey, shoot me um, some something you're interested in. And then my one buddy was like, 19th century Victorian surgery. I'm like, okay. Well, all right, then. You could have said literally that's fascinating. It is very fascinating. Most of my uh, actually things that I know in my head, such as government conspiracy theories, um, weird topics through history, uh, scientific inventions, anything, any of the research that has come from my brain actually did not come from college, but it came from that podcast because I was doing so much research and literally the whole podcast episode was that specific topic. We talked about Robert Liston. um, We talked about Joseph Lister. We talked about so many things into the medical industry. And then it ended up going down the road to where I found out cornflakes was invented to prevent masturbation. Like that's an amazing topic 
or amazing fact I would have never known. Cornflakes was invented to make that guy money. That was just what he told everybody. I mean, that was definitely a belief that Kellogg had, but Cornflakes was invented to make money. It, well, in 1945, it was he thought that uh, if you decrease the sugar levels in a type of food or something, that it would yeah. stop people's passions from rising. Yes, yes, I agree. But I think that we can also all agree that at the end of the day, it was always about money because it's always uh, about money. Well, everything's a money aspect if yeah. you want to get down to it, Remy. That, I was gonna say, and surprisingly, yeah. though, he actually did work with like the That's church. The like, well, yes, he 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 operated um like uh, I'm trying to. I can't, I, I, with my work, I kind of push like problematic terms out of my brain for these things, but now I have to remember them. Um, like, uh, asylums. He, he operated several asylums that were part mental health care and part, uh, wellness retreat of sorts. Yeah. And were they like, were they like marketed as wellness retreats, but it was more like, you know, pray away the gay kind of stuff? Yes and no. Like, they actually did have like, health aspects involved and for the time it had some of the best mental health care that they had mm-hmm. but mental health care in the early 1900s was terrible yeah the, well the concept behind the health care back then was chop that shit off you know it wasn't yeah. anything that was very serious was chop that shit off and, yeah. and an interesting aspect of it was uh, at the time, a lot of nutrition really wasn't well understood, and part of the healthcare process at this place and at the other subsidiaries of it was giving people good food, like like any food really, because you know it was in the depression, but like giving people good food to eat and good nutrition and balanced meals, at least more balanced at the time than a lot of people would eat. And there actually was a big push. I think, actually, I think some of, um, weird tangent I just got in my brain. I think some of, like, the modern day obsession with, like, nutrition as healthcare, which I think there is some truth to, let me say that first off. But, like, people who think that the right diet will cure cancer, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Comes from, like, these older ideas where, sure, Nutrition does matter if the if the uh, opposite of that is eating nothing but the same food that you uh, grow on your farm because that's all you can afford. Like if you grow just corn, so you eat just corn, you're gonna be sick as shit. Yeah. I do. I do eat a lot of corn. Though. <laughs> I was I was actually told by uh, when my oldest daughter was in kindergarten there was a young man who was in her class and her parents, uh, his parents very proudly stated that they, they switched his diet to like a completely clean, whatever that means. To be honest, I don't actually remember how they said they did. They just said that they switched his diet and it cured his autism. Mm, And that, yeah, exactly. Like Mm. I, 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 that's, that's like the case. There was actually, I don't want to take this example for instance, but it's the way my brain went. There was an incident where a woman was actually born without a, uh, I don't know if I can say this on your show, but vagina. Yes, you can. Please. Yes. Okay. Fucking um, cuss all day long and say whatever you want. And honestly, that, that's not even like inappropriate. That's literally like the clinical term for the vagina is a vagina. Yeah. Well, she was, she was born without a vagina and she actually got pregnant by a stab knife wound. 
I have heard of this one. So that, yeah, this baby was born by, uh, basically a knife piercing in through this woman. And there apparently some semen was on the blade or something. I don't know the whole specifics into it, but it actually fertilized the egg and she actually had a baby from it. Um, the, so, the, the math behind the possibility of that is mind-boggling. Yeah, I had to I had to really reread that article too because it was something like, "Is this some fake news?" But it's actually a real story. Um, it so it's not on the Onion. No, it's not. No, but, this um, is this is real. When we want to talk about a uh, once in a lifetime instance, it's kind of the same thing with uh, food being linked to curing like cancer or something. It's all about really the person as well. I mean, that's why a lot of things like that lower cholesterol, such as fish and all these other types of things, these are stuff we have scientific evidence behind. But if you're going to be like, oh, every day I eat one lemon and it helps, it helped cure my cancer. I can't say that's not true, but I can't say that is true because of the concept of people's bodies are so genetically different. Yeah, bioindividuality is a thing. I, I there's a, we had a whole episode on that. We sure did. There's a whole thing. Like I'm a big fitness freak. So when someone always comes up to me, like, how do I get a six pack? You know, can you teach me? I'm like, what do you eat? And then like my one buddy, I helped him lose 60 pounds. And I just looked at him. I was like, dude, you're Italian. Stop eating bread and pasta. I mean, just yep. cut, it, cut it down to once, once a week or something. He did lost 60 pounds from it, you know? Yeah. It's all about how your body reacts to certain chemical processes and types of things that we associate with as like nutrition or whatever you want to consider. And that, that's why any, anywhere that is anything and anywhere that's really respectable on their nutritional information will, isn't going to give you a hard number. They're generally going to give you a range. So it's like if someone says you eat 400 calories of this and 600 calories of this, they're probably full of shit. But if someone says you eat between this much and this much, it's a li- generally a little more trustworthy, uh, I've found. Anywhere that tries to break nutrition down to an exact science is probably wrong. Yeah, I definitely think like when you're reading like it says directions, take this many tablets if you're an adult, don't exceed over this. That's a load of crap because like I'm an insomniac and last night was like the first time in like the past couple of days I got an hour of sleep and I just took literally 20 melatonin and just Jesus. Yeah, and I I washed it down with like a little bit of decaf coffee. Dude, I slept a good deep maybe 35 minutes and then the other like 25 were really just me trying to lay in bed trying to get back to that sleep. Yeah, and it none of the, none of those things work. My brain's just too too hyperactive. I mean, I had to go get testing uh, in my blood levels to figure out what that was about. And they say that your ADHD is actually like a really strong form of it, and it's your serotonin levels, the things that regulate sleep and all those things that go on in your brain, uh, is severely severely low compared to the levels that I can produce energy. So. I mean, hell, if I'll work it to my benefit, I guess. Like a bunch of people want to, you know, when they get something like that or they get something like, oh, I lost this thing where I can't, you know, and I don't know math. Well, guess what? Use it to your benefit. Never take a fucking math class. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's definitely one way to uh, to respond to that. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember you saying about how much of an insomniac you were and how you only got like like very, very little bit of sleep the last time that we talked. I think I've been up since 2 a.m. Monday morning. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, my body is very, very different. You want to talk about some bio-individuality? Uh, if I don't get at least six hours of sleep at night, and that's like, whew, that's really pushing it. 
uh, I, I'm going to start to break down after a couple of days. And frankly, if I didn't have like a good reason to be waking up, taking kids to school or taking care of them or whatever it is, um, I could probably sleep 12 hours and feel great. Man, so much time being wasted. Well, no, I I don't disagree with that at all. I feel like, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep 12 hours. I would definitely wake myself up at least at the eight hour mark, uh, via, my alarm one, or whatever but my one buddy works like a midnight job his name's chris he's been on like my podcast a few times but um he works at a casino so he works like the late night shift from like 6 p.m till like two in the morning so he sleeps all day and he started this thing with he was doing fasting for a while mm. he slept even more and he's like man i just can't get up i want to try and get up earlier i'm like well you're not giving your body any energy to move yeah <laughs> oh my gosh Mm. that's hilarious all right so um the way that we typically start this uh this podcast other than just jumping straight into conversation wait were we not even recording this whole time no we've been oh, recording no, we've been recording we've been oh, recording say, all my good material <laughs> no we've definitely oh, been recording uh do I, we just in in just the time i've talked to you that's not all your good good <laughs> material i know that for a fact already <laughs> oh my god here's where all the credit gives into my corner and I have to disappoint. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least, at least you're not over promising. So I'll, pre- I'll, uh, I'll send some appreciation your way for that. But no, normally we start the show. Um, although recently we've been ending the show with some get to know you questions, Robbie, we want to know more about you. And we have a very specific list of questions that we feel, although it's backed up by absolutely no peer reviewed data whatsoever. Me, these me, are the questions to do that. I'm, I feel like they are peer reviewed, but hold on. I do want to ask though, why has no one asked my favorite cereal yet? That's a great... <laughs> we glossed I, over that one. I feel like I know that I just kind of assumed you were going to interject the information, and then yeah. you just didn't, and I don't know, and we just moved on. Robbie, what's your favorite cereal? Honey Smacks. Honey Smacks, okay. I got salmonella poisoning from Honey Smacks, and I still live by that. <laughs> <laughs> that is some dedication, my friend. My goodness. I have brought that up in the podcast many a time because people are like, well, how can someone like, you know, do this or this? I'm like, it's the same reason I spent $5 on a box of Honey Smacks. I immediately buy that box. And then the next day I go back into Walmart to go get like uh, something. I forgot what I was getting. Um, they, they were like, we took it all down from the shelves. I'm like, why'd you take it all down? They're like, this is around the time romaine lettuce was salmon. Ah, uh, no. And I was like, so why'd you take it off the shelves? And he was like, well, people are getting severely sick from it. And I was like, wait a minute. I just realized while I was in Walmart, I was getting uh, medicine. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, wait a minute. So you took it down because why? Oh, it's salmonella poisoning. I was like, isn't that with the lettuce though? They're like, no, also honey smacks. If you bought a box, it can actually make you pretty sick. And I was like, I've been shitting my brains out for a day now. Like, is that probably linked to that? And then eventually, like, you know, I'm getting down to a quarter of the box left. And I realize every time I eat this thing, I'm going to the bathroom and I'm getting severely sick. And my mom's like, just stop eating it. And I said, look, <laughs> if you're going to buy Honey Smacks, you're going to die by Honey Smacks. I don't care. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'll meet Diggum in heaven, man. I don't care. You got to – oh, my God. That's some, that's some ride or die dedication right there to some serious some breakfast cereal. I am impressed. That is amazing. Well, that's a – you know what, Colby? That may have to be included now. Well, obviously. What your favorite breakfast cereal is. This may become a staple question moving forward. You forever, I, you forever I impacted the somebody. future. 
it's, yeah. there's, there's two questions I always ask to how to truly get to know somebody. One, what's your favorite cereal? And two, how do you make a peanut butter sandwich? Because I used to make it with a freaking steak knife like an idiot. You used <laughs> to? What? Yeah, the sandwich looked like you just threw it in the garbage disposal. You'd bite into it and freaking peanut butter would pop off the top through a hole in the bread. And go <laughs> that's, that's the messiest peanut butter sandwich ever. And it's just peanut butter. There was no jelly. I mean, it looks like if you took a banana and just threw it on the floor and freaking slammed it with your foot. I love it. Uh, I just sneezed. Sorry about that. Anyway. Bless okay. you. Thank you. Uh, I hope it uh, – I'm sure it was nice and loud all over the uh, all over the microphone too because there's – got no... your kids screaming. I mean, it will yep. yep. I was going to say, not too bad, honestly. Uh, I give it a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, but I was leaning away from the microphone, my friend. Oh, I'm aware. Then I'll bump it up to 8.5. I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah, no, Col- when Colby sneezes, um, you, you remember those uh, tsunamis you heard about a while back? They're linked. Oh, my goodness. See, I had to actually mute my microphone during the podcast because I actually sneezed. And the way I sneeze kind of, I guess, scares a lot of people. Mostly oh, because yeah. ever since I was a little kid, I've always managed to say the word shit while <laughs> I sneeze. So, like, ever since I was four years old, I've always gone, like, shit. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It's just – it's a natural reaction. I can't even stop it now. That's really hysterical. Uh, my dad used to talk while he belched, and that's a skill that I picked up. <laughs> so now I you know mean... something useless about me. Uh, so the next question that I would want to ask, um, Robbie, vampire or werewolf? Oh, shit. I've thought about this a couple of times. Um, I don't know. I like, I've always been a werewolf guy, but I feel like at this point where we are and how we're always crossbreeding or doing whatever we're doing with whatever animals or whatever, you know, going into different sections, I feel like a werepire. Oh, interesting. Okay. You're going the underworld route. So body of a werewolf and wings of a vampire. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, mostly just because I want to be able to shit on someone's front lawn and nobody interject. <laughs> nobody interject. It's, it's interesting to me. I remember when Underworld did do, you know, half vampire, half lichen, but stronger than both, that whole thing, that one of the features that they gave the creature was that, like, he had extra ribs. Like, yeah, his yeah. rib cage, like, reformed, and that was part of his transformation. And, like, then, and then he was just, like, he was just, like, a blue guy. Tumor. Fangs. It was weird. It was weird. Tumor. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. Finally. I have said that in a podcast because the one podcast I uh, did for fill in the blank called um, Death by Coconut, it's my cousin and my friend, and they're both wearing sunglasses, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, so it's dark outside. And they're sitting there telling me Star Trek is better. I'm like, look, Star Wars is obviously better because I'm the only asshole in here without wearing sunglasses when it's dark. (laughs) I can think of no better reason. Okay, I love it. Football or football? They're two different sports, though. They are two different sports. I don't know. So, so do I like soccer or do I like football? That's the question. Uh, football, I guess. It's just funner to watch. It's more entertaining. Okay. I, I, I feel like if you, if you follow the sport closely, which I used to, I'm nowhere near as into it as I was, even though my preferred team is on top of the NFC East. What up? Um, 
I've noticed that they've been regulating the sport super heavily, which I support because people are dying uh, in really horrible ways because of the trauma that their body is being introduced to. But at the same time, it people are really concerned that it's going to start taking away from the sport. And like, I, we actually just talked with uh, another guest not too long ago about how uh, they have a, I think it was her cousin. Was it Cass's cousin? Yes. Was in the NFL as a fullback, but because of the way they changed the rules, they can't use fullbacks anymore. So he actually lost his job. And so it's been my opinion for a while that it's going to continue to be regulated until people are so over it that they're going to have to go one of two ways. And one of those ways is they're going to over-regulate it. It's going to get super overly safe and they're going to lose everybody, right? Or it's just going to be a completely unrecognizable sport. Or they're going to make everybody sign ironclad contracts fully acknowledging that they're going to destroy their body and mind to go into this sport, strip all of the regulations, give them metal spiked pads and helmets, and then we're just going to watch them tear each other to shreds. Blood bowl, baby. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be a better alignment when it comes to contract dealings when you have to sign a waiver, basically letting them know that there's no ramifications on them if they get some type of severe brain injury. Because it's just such a super popular sport. They can dumb it down and make it as safe as they want, but eventually they still have to keep the basic concept of it there without sparking people that are going to be end up leaving and then losing views, which is going to lose money in the end. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's all about that money, right? So yeah. uh, musical or straight play? What do you mean musical or straight play? Which would you prefer? Which would you prefer to watch? Which would you prefer to be in? Okay, I don't like musicals. Well, then there's our answer, I suppose. Like Les Remis or whatever it is. Oh my goodness. I get it, but I couldn't, like just the first 10 minutes of the movie, I remember I was sitting with my, uh, she's my ex now, but I was sitting with her and she loves musical movies at the time. And I'm sitting there watching it the whole time. She was like, you need to go into another room. I was like, why? She goes, because you keep saying Wolverine over and over and over. <laughs> and I was like, because that's what I know him as. He's, he's singing right now, but I'm waiting for him to pull out claws and start stabbing people. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. No, there's, have you ever seen any rock operas? I have seen um, – I th- honestly, I've seen a couple rock operas. I saw uh, School of Rock. It was a bunch of older guys playing as kids, though, which was a little bit freaky, and I saw it when I was little. But I, I'm a big fan of orchestra music as well. Okay. So I would think that musicals would be, like, right up your alley. Yeah, but I don't know. When I start seeing people sing and start to do that type of thing as, like, a play. I prefer more of a theatrical performance. Like, I know some of the ones I really wish I would, took advantage of in school were, like, going to see Edgar Allan Poe's, like, The Raven. Yeah. And uh, seeing one of my all-time favorites, Monkey's Paul, too. Mm. Okay. All right, then. 90s rap or current rap? 90s rap or current rap? Ooh. Uh, there are some good rap songs out there, but I do like a lot of the classic versions as well. Um, older style, more like, you know, DMX, uh, NWA, Eminem, the older ones before he started getting kind of like super, super cleaned out. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Do you know what Hogwarts house you belong to? What Hogwarts house I would belong to? I would know if you let me get to play my Lego game that I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works at all. I don't know. I feel like I would be afraid to get Slytherin, but 
I don't know. I feel like they give me like Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. Cause I'm like, I don't know if they would think I would aspire to be a Gryffindor, but I would just be like, can I just pick Hufflepuff? They're like, why? I'm like, cause the name sounds cool. They're like, no, you're <laughs> going to go into Ravenclaw. I'm like, that's what I wanted all along, bitches. And then I just, <laughs> and that's when they would be like, just kidding. It's Slytherin because of what I, you just said. I was going to say, yeah, no, that that's a very Slytherin thing. But also here's the thing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like, Slytherin gets a bad rep, but honestly, like, if I'm not mistaken, Merlin himself is a Slytherin. And uh, while a lot of people who are identified as, you know, evil or bad guys in the Harry Potter universe come from Slytherin, but not all bad guys are Slytherin, and not all Slytherin are bad guys. Snape was a good guy, and he was Slytherin. Uh, Snape was head of Slytherin House. Was he was he actually sorted in the Slytherin house though? Oh, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Hundred and ten. Yeah, it just the, the thing is, you have to be cunning and ambitious to be in Wait, Slytherin. But that's like, but later in the movies, you found out that even Harry's Harry Potter's dad was a jerk. Like he was part oh, of yeah. Gryffindor and he was a jock. So it's well, like yeah, the transformation of the schools kind of changed. Like the teams, it seemed like Slytherin became the new like naughty, like more like uh, jock kids, like the wannabes. And um, Gryffindor turned into like these like noblest type people, but really in the beginning it was Gryffindor that was the bad ones because we all saw like Harry's dad picking on Snape for no apparent reason just because he was different. Like you get yeah, to see every, a whole shift. It, it is interesting because like a lot of base traits like that don't determine who a person actually is. Exactly. Uh, I mean, go, the book even says it's not. Uh, it's not you know, your traits that define you, but uh, what you do with it. Right. So, yeah. What would you guys pick though? Who would you be? I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. All right. Why yeah, Hufflepuff? Uh, well, uh, Jeremy, I'll let you take over this one. What? Why? Uh, because basically anytime that someone, at, that I say anything, you're just like, well, Colby, not everyone can blah. That's not fair or true. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. No, no Remy, you'd be a Slytherin for sure, though. Nah, man, uh, I took the uh, the Pottermore quiz designed by J.K. Rowling, and apparently I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh, sh- why Ravenclaw, though? What is the specifics behind the team? What is this? Well, okay, so Ravenclaw is really focused on obta- <clears throat> obtaining and acquiring knowledge, and uh, you know, you know what? Rather than just try to pull from memory. Yeah, Google that. I love hearing the space bar click 50 million times. <laughs> yeah, I type real fast, too. I know. Uh, it's weird. So, it always kind of freaked me out. I never trusted people that could beat, like, the word typing things. Cause oh, yeah, man. I'm at, like, like, I'm at, like, 90 words a minute at this point. I'm like, um, where's the G? Where's the <laughs> A? My, my problem is I know where all the keys are. I can't hit them because my... My fingers are stupid. It's got the sausage fingers. So, okay. Also, you know, I'm wider than my keyboard. So in order to, like, have my fingers on the keys, my wrists have to be bent out and my arms go numb. And I can't feel it. Right, 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 right. So Colby is a Hufflepuff. Uh, Hufflepuff values hard work, patience, justice, and loyalty. And I feel like... I, I am confident in saying that Colby absolutely exemplifies those values. Um, pretty much every single one of them. Uh, I Ravenclaw values intelligence, creativity, learning, and wit. And uh, I'm, I am a creator. 
uh, or a creative, if you will. And so I think that while I lean into more of the creative side than necessarily the academic side, because to be honest with you, if from a, from a first impression standpoint, I would have always put Colby in Ravenclaw, but knowing him as well as I do, he's absolutely a Hufflepuff. I mean, I've never met another human being on this planet who has a more solid gold heart than this man that we're doing this podcast with right now. It's just the way it is. Um, Slytherin values are ambition, cunning, leadership, and resourcefulness. So like, there we are. And then uh, Gryffindor, Gryffindor uh, value courage, bravery, nerve, and chivalry. Um, so once again, yeah, I feel like I get filed into Ravenclaw pretty hard just for the simple fact that um, I'm a creative. So what that, would you classify me then? If you're asking me the question of what I would choose for myself, what would you choose for me? Can I just create my own school? I was going to say, no, I don't think given, that's how that works. I was going to say, given just the conversation that we've had today, I would say Ravenclaw. Yeah, I was leaning into Ravenclaw too, just because a lot of your values of learning and intelligence, uh, wit, I mean, those things, you seem to exemplify those values pretty hard. But I also show hard working when it comes to working two jobs and taking six classes in school, while also doing podcasting. So yes, well, I would I would agree. But you you exemplify more of the values of Ravenclaw than Hufflepuff. Damn it! I want to start Hagrid's <laughs> school for the elderly. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, Me but, and Hagrid uh, are gonna blow shit up in the woods in the eighties. Here's here's another thing though. It's not it it's not just about the things you do it's uh, also about the things that you value and you seem like the kind of guy who values knowledge and information very highly agree it's like yeah you it, you want to do good things but you think that doing those good things requires you to know what you're talking about so you research and you talk with people and that just from the conversations we've had seems like that's where you'd fit yeah, I like that. I thank you. I really, I really appreciate those kind words. It's like reading a fortune cookie. I it's like that. reading a fortune cookie, and fortune cookies are delicious. So I'll take it. Do you prefer Marvel or DC? Oh, oh! I've had so many talks about this with so many people that do like write comic books and stuff too. This is a tough question. I don't know. I like them both, but it depends on what I'm feeling at the time because uh, I'm a bigger fan of a lot of the Marvel movies based on the types of hilarity and the kind of comedy factor to it. Plus, I'm a Wolverine fanatic. But when it comes to it seems like Marvel kind of people get their powers from something and DC, like there's a tragic event that leads up to these people getting their powers, such as Bruce Wayne getting the wealth factor basically because his parents were killed or, um, Mr. Elastic, whatever you want to call him, who like gets dropped in a, like Mr. This, Fantastic. Well, not Mr. Fantastic is Marvel, but when it comes Plastic to, Man. Oh, yeah. Um, when it comes, yeah, when it no. comes to DC, Oh, okay. Uh, rubber Man, Rubber Man. Yes. Oh, Rubber yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, in a se- severe, like, tragic accident that made his, like, skin and bones do all that. So I think, like, DC shows a more darker side. Plus, the opening to Dark Knight was one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in a movie theater. So, <coughs> Pretty good scene. I, I think an, another interesting distinction is with Marvel and DC, um, Marvel's characters are more, well, characters – uh, whereas for DC, their characters have always been a little bit more uh, abstract. Like they represent ideas and principles a lot more that then get characterization added to them. Okay. 
yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it's like, okay, here's this core idea. What kind of person do we think would be this? Rather right. than here's a person. What are they, how are they going to respond to this situation? And they may like Marvel may apply uh, something to this person, like especially for individual storylines. Uh, people can be used to represent ideas conflicting with each other a lot, but it's still the character first in that instance. I definitely think that uh, Marvel movies are more of a, like a type of a, what do you call a family movie? And then DC would be more of a serious, like kind of like if your kids are in their teenage years or something. I could generally agree with that too. I mean, there's a certain level of violence and, uh, and whatnot that I feel like the ESRB might have a problem with, you know, half of all (laughs) of existence being snapped away, spoiler alert. But um, yeah, uh, I would generally agree with that as well. Robbie, staycation or vacation? What do you mean staycation? Like staying at home? Yeah, or in your town, but just like not working. I've been doing that basically all week. We're so slow at my hotel. We've been like <laughs> off. So it's like I've been in the house like four days. After the first day, dude, you're just like, can I Can I get something done? Like I would love, I guess, a vacation. Depends on if I can get to a gym nearby. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Oh, dang. Uh, I, I love... When that's the first response yeah. to any question. <laughs> oh, there's so many good ones, though. There are. Uh, it depends on what instance I've traveled in. Am I in a scenario where I, I need something to fight and get me food? Do I want to be? <laughs> do I want to be in that lazy aspect, or do I want to be from the more nurturing aspect and take a vegan lifestyle and pick like a brontosaurus? That's I would up have to you. I would have to pick a stegosaurus. A stegosaurus. Okay. Any particular reason? The tail. The tail. Aye, aye. That's just, the, the, it's like seven degrees to Kevin Bacon over here. I mean, it's essentially, he, just, he may as well have just said Anklesaur. Or, yeah. or we can go into it even deeper and pick a Triceratops. Because, I mean, who doesn't want a massive, like, shield-headed dinosaur running around just ramming things? Who yeah. doesn't want just a massive shield-headed dinosaur running around and ramming things? That's a, that's a great question. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. All right. Now, this one's going to be uh, this. This one has always has the potential to be extremely thought provoking. Do you believe that aliens exist, and or that we've been visited? I think when it comes to a lot of what we don't understand, I always revert back to what Ronald Reagan said when he established the center for exit or center for existential or not existential extraterrestrial studies. Um, We cannot believe that we're the only things in this universe. Very nice. Well said. Do you think that we've been visited? I don't, no, possibly. Like, are they hiding something in Area 51? In Ro- and, and what actually happened at Roswell? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I've done so much research on the Roswell incident, so much uh, thinking into Area 51. It would be so simple if they would have just charged five bucks a head to let people go in and see it for themselves. Dude, agree! But it became a bigger thing than it needed to be. Honestly, I think there's a lot that we, we don't understand. And to think that they've never stepped foot on here before, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But it seems like they probably have. But I think they noticed that we're probably not ready. Okay. 
I think that's probably a common uh, opinion, um, you know, that they are, if for, I mean, for them to be advanced enough to visit us, because we're nowhere near there at this we're point. We're just now getting all gender bathrooms, so I'm pretty sure they're like, they got a <laughs> ways to go. Yeah, especially yeah. if they base it on America, which, I mean, we're the loudest. Why wouldn't yeah. they? Honestly, I I just, I would like to interject here that I, I just want to have someone on who like whose immediate response is yes we've been visited by aliens I've been abducted like I won't have that conversation I will uh, to my buddy who does that okay uh yeah I don't know my I the, the way that I like to look at it and I don't necessarily I'm not saying that this is exactly what I believe but my favorite thought exercise where it comes to the idea of extraterrestrial life is what if we have been visited but lack the sensory perception organ to have even perceived their existence. Well, I said that before in the podcast, when it comes to the people that can see ghosts and stuff, it's like there's different frequencies and stuff, much like your cell phone is now sending a signal from your phone to outer space. And it's an invisible little line that you can't even see and can't even perceive. Some people are on a different spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many different forms of wavelengths in the visual spectrum, in the auditory spectrum that we can't perceive. Well, in, an interesting one there. Um, there are women being born in the last uh, 50 years or so who can perceive ultra purple. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, there are more and more women uh, who are being born with more cones in their eyes. And they are able, they are, uh, I, I don't know the specific term for this, but they can super perceive colors. So, like, things that would look identical to any other person, they can tell distinct differences between, and they can see colors in the higher wavelengths past purple, and I think below red as well. So, two questions come to mind. The first question is, why are we, why is that adaptation leaping? Like, what, what reason is that? Because there's usually a reason for that sort of adaptation, right? And not, the second question well, is, how much does that piss you the fuck off? Not at all. <laughs> uh, I, and yeah, uh, trust me, I get it. There, there is a level of, I can't even see all the colors that other people see. And you can see more? Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Uh, no, that doesn't bother me at all because the world looks like the world to me. Although, purple. Why is purple so fucking fantastic? Because like, it's the home I, of the Baltimore Ravens, baby. <laughs> it's it, it, i mean it's a pretty just, wonderful color but yeah when you mix red and blue together i mean yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of different things that, ways that you could respond to that right yeah. because well, obviously it, red and blue represent very different ends of the spectrum and red represents um warmth and passion anger blue and anger where blue represents cool and calm and tranquility and when you bring the two together you get this fantastic mismatch of of existence so you can really look at it you could look at it from an existential point of view i mean there's a lot of different but then also like it's just beautiful yeah uh, and that's the thing is like anytime i see those videos of a color blind person trying on those enchroma glasses oh yeah that it everything's cool and then they see purple and they cry Mm-hmm. Like and and that's the one that they always get. Like they're just like, oh, this is awesome. And then they see purple and they fucking break out in tears. And I'm just like, how fucking beautiful is purple? Holy shit! 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I did just watch one of those videos. I think it was yesterday. And there was a man looking at the camera. And he says, I'm a 65-year-old man. I've seen these videos. I'm not going to get emotional. All these people get so emotional. And he puts the glasses on. He starts blubbering like he's a baby. Yeah. This is the worst lie that man ever told. I need to know. Like, I'm not too too concerned. Well, they're, they're coming down more and more. Are they? Uh, yeah. I remember when I first found out about them, they were like $3,000. Oh, like, well, yeah. So for me to say 500. Ago. Yeah. dollars Yeah. Like they've come down a lot and maybe one day I'll get to use them. But right now I'm good. Yeah. Before okay. you know it, they're just going to be another set of 3D glasses in the back of the books with all the dinosaur pictures so that they can <laughs> leap off the page Look, in more hyper-realistic 3D. It, it may be $80 trillion, but for this special offer, you can get it for five ninety nine. Oh man. See, and, and for today only, and there are limited numbers left. So you've got to call right now. Grandma, wait, there's pull more. credit card. <laughs> Robbie, thank you so freaking much for coming on this show, spending some time with us, and just chewing the fat. I really appreciate you, my man. This was a lot of fun. Hey, dude, it's awesome, man. I'm a pro advocate and having conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. If there was anywhere that folks wanted to find you, we've talked a lot about your Out of the Blank podcast. Uh, if you've got any social media, why don't you go ahead and list that for them here? And then I'll also go ahead and toss it in our show notes. All right, everybody buckle up because it's going to be a long one. Here we go. It's called Out of the Blank. Look it up. (laughs) And there we are. So I'll make sure I put a link in there for you. Once again, I really want to say thank you so much. This was a blast. And I want to thank each and every one of you who came and listened to the episode. We cannot wait to see you next time.